Good evening, race fans, and welcome back to another episode, episode number six of the Push to Pass podcast. I am Derek Vance, and again, a huge thank you to everyone out there uh, that is going to be tuning in live and that is going to be watching this at a later date and time. Uh, what a huge show do we have in store for you uh, for the next hour. Uh, first, uh, we will uh, recap the uh, uh, Honda Indy 200 at Mid Ohio uh, this past weekend. What day? Uh, what what an interesting race! Uh, what a great way! What a great race, rather. Uh, congratulations to as you see the gentleman behind me, uh, Scott McLaughlin, for picking up his uh, second win in the 2022 uh, IndyCar season. Uh, also some uh, interesting storylines uh, leaving uh, Mid-Ohio as well, and obviously we'll uh, discuss them as the show unfolds. Also, uh, two amazing guests joining us tonight. One, uh, a returning guest. One, a new guest. Uh, it's a pleasure and honor to have joining us uh, here uh, momentarily is going to be Justin Cox of the IndyCar Boys Racing Podcast in association with Burnt Out Sports. Uh, definitely go check them out, but can't wait to talk to Justin uh, about a litany of, of things from his background uh, to why he got into covering racing to uh, his perspective of the current 2022 IndyCar season, then obviously uh, his take at uh, what took place at uh, Mid-Ohio uh, this past weekend. And then uh, as we uh, slowly end or slowly wind down the show today, uh, obviously Mike from uh, Bet IndyCar is going to uh, be joining us to recap his winnings and thoughts and, and opinions of uh, Mid-Ohio uh, as well. So definitely a uh, loaded show for everyone. But uh, as I said, let's get into uh, to the crux uh, first and uh, foremost. Uh, we do need to recap what took place this past weekend at the Honda Indy 200 at, uh, at Mid-Ohio. Again, a lot of storylines uh, evolving uh, from, uh, from that race, especially when it comes to uh, Andretti Autosport. Uh, definitely a the, the talk of the race afterwards, uh, to uh, to say the least, and then also to what a crummy weekend it had to be for uh, for Arrow McLaren, uh, both uh, Felix Rosenquist uh, getting knocked out early due to a blown engine, and then the mechanical issues uh, that uh, Pato Award faced uh, or late in the race as well. Obviously, if you were paying attention, he had one of the cars in contention uh, to uh, to win the race. Uh, he has been on a hot streak. Uh, as of late, uh, but a mechanical failure, uh, it seemed like, uh, was was what the uh, issue was that uh, that put his day to rest. But uh, getting to mid-Ohio, uh, like I said, what a season uh, so far it has been for Team Pinsky in uh, 2022. Uh, if you think back uh, just one year ago in 2021, uh, Pinsky was only able, or was only uh, rather a able to grab rather uh three race wins uh mid ohio uh, indianapolis and and then um at uh, bar mardo uh, as well but you turn the page to 2022 and uh, team pinsky has got to be on a roll uh collecting wins at uh, st petersburg uh texas long beach bell isle Road America, and now with Scott McLaughlin's win on Sunday at the Honda 200 at Mid-Ohio. That gives Team Pinsky, uh, for everyone keeping track at home, six wins on this 2022 season. 
On a day when virtually every driver in the field left the track with a story to tell, it was McLaughlin who brought home Team Penske's sixth win in 2022 when he held off reigning NTT IndyCar Series champion Alex Pillow in the number 10 NTT data Chip Canassi racing Honda over the final 17 laps, beating him to the finish line by a .55 seconds. Today, or, uh, the Sunday's finish was the second time this season these two drivers have finished first and second in that order. If you remember back, the first was at the uh, season opener at uh, St. Pete when uh, McLaughlin won his first series race. That gap in the end was just 0.5 seconds, and Pillow was satisfied with the second-place finish after being edged out of the fast six in qualifying on Saturday. Pillow rose to fourth in the NTT IndyCar Series standings, which uh, we'll get to here momentarily. He is just now 35 points back of the leader. Uh, McLaughlin jumped two positions, uh, talking about the standings to seventh, uh, just 69 points back of current series uh, leader uh, Mark Marcus Erickson, and also don't forget the winner of the Indianapolis 500. Uh, to uh, to quote Pillow here a little bit, uh, it was so close. Pillow said, "Our car was so fast, we just missed it by this much." Amazing strategy, amazing pit stops, just super happy. McLaughlin's third podium of the season and Pillow's fourth allowed them to close in on the NTT IndyCar Series championship. Marcus Erickson held his points lead. With, with a sixth-place finish in the number eight Ridgeline Lubricants Honda, uh, but he is now just 20 points ahead of willpower. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, who finished seventh, is third, 34 points back. Uh, credit to McLaughlin, obviously, and the number three team who executed their race flawlessly, but they also caught a massive break when a caution was needed to retrieve Kyle Kirkwood's car, which was right in the middle of the pit window, and race control opt to wait until the three cars had yet to stop. The yellow finally waved as McLaughlin exited the pits, exited the pits in the lead rather, and eliminated any vulnerability out on his lap. The call caused some charging amongst some others in the top ten. A quote from McLaughlin: "This is amazing. I'm really proud of the Team Penske crew. The car gave the the crew gave the car gave me what was a little hard to drive toward the end." I would love to make it a little easier for myself, but I am super proud of them. It was tough. And, and McLaughlin talking about uh, spending the afternoon with um, uh, with, with uh, Alex Pillow in his rearview mirror. You're thinking about fuel at the end of the race, but thankfully Chevy gave us great fuel mileage and drivability off the restarts that allowed me to get a bit of a gap from Pillow. Uh, following McLaughlin, the standout driver of the day, if you watch the race, belonged to the car just behind him in third, the 2014 NTT IndyCar Series champion Will Power, who rallied from a 21st starting spot and won in, in, in lap one spun in turn nine to finish in the fourth place podium in the season for the number 12 Verizon Team Penske Chevrolet. Amazing day, he said. I said it in a, in a strategy meeting, which I have a few times this year, 
after we've qualified badly. A top 10 would be great, said Power. Some good restarts, good exchanges, good pit stops, good strategy, and a great job by the team. Starting from the back is certainly more entertaining than leading from the front, stoked. Ed Carpenter Racing's Renus VK finished fourth in the number 21 Bitcoin racing team with Bitnell Chevrolet. His only complaint afterwards about being what he thought was some overly boisterous driving from Will Power. Uh, Marcus Erickson and Joseph Newgarden, meanwhile, both salvaged a decent points haul after disappointing qualifying performances and finished sixth and seventh, respectively. And six-time Mid-Ohio race winner Scott Dixon rounded out the top five in the number nine PCN Bank Chip Canassi Honda. Race control yellow happens, but when they're waiting, that's kind of new, said uh, Scott Dixon. Had the caution happened when it should have, I think we would have come out in front. Today, we looked like a M a IMSR race. I'm fine with that, but we need to be more consistent. I think race control needs to work out where they want us to be. Uh, the first stoppage came on lap one after a wave off start. And then second was in lap 10 for a mechanical failure on the aforementioned number seven Vs Aero McLaren SP Chevrolet of Felix Rosenquist, who at the time was running third when his car started hitting the revved limiter in turn two and then and then bellowed smoke. Uh, quote from Rosenquist, I came out of turn two and felt like I was on pit limiter. Then it got going again after I pulled the clutch. And then in the straight, it just died. I think we had a mega weekend going. We were off strategy on the black tires. I moved up from fourth to third. It's a big loss for us today. I felt like we were sailing out there. We showed that we are up there and fighting for it. We just have to come back and do it again. It was an unforgettable day for NTT P1 award winner Pato Award, who started first and led the first 28 laps in the number five Aero McLaren SP Chevrolet. However, on lap 30, Award began reporting power issues on his car. By lap 54, Award's car had completely lost power as it stalled at the end of the pit lane. His Aero McLaren SP team pushed his car back to the pit box, where Award exited and ended the streak of the mid-Ohio pole setters winning the race at three. Ward's misfortune allowed McLaughlin, who started second, to inherit the lead during a round of green flag pits, uh, green flag pit stops on lap 31. Apparently, it was something fuel delivery-wise, Pato said. It kept getting worse and worse and worse, and then it failed. It's a bummer, man. It's just frustrating. We've thrown away an easy podium. We had a lot of pace. The car was really put together today. As, as an awful day that it was for Aero McLaren, it may have been a worse day for Andretti Autosport. Alexander Rossi and Roman Grosjean came together twice in two laps, the second one being amplified by Rossi's steering wheel being knocked out of his hands mid-corner, sending him wide and putting Grosjean into the dirt. The Frenchman was left down a lap. Quote, it was a racing incident, said Rossi. He was on the softer tire, and I was probably going to get around me. And he was probably going to get around me. And he likes to do it fast and early. Had some understeering there. And it's unfortunate to have contact with a teammate. 
that uh, you know that we're, we'll talk more about the uh, Andretti Autosports uh, saga uh, that is going on from Mid Ohio here uh, momentarily. Uh, but uh, the NTT IndyCar Series does take this weekend off before a uh, a, a what a stretch. Uh, they have coming up starting in Toronto uh, for the first time in three years, obviously due to uh, the the COVID pandemic. Uh, the uh, Honda Indy Toronto uh, will take place Sunday, July 17th at 3 p.m. Eastern. And you can catch that, as always, on Peacock Premium and the IndyCar Radio Network. Uh, before we get to our first guest, who I see has uh, joined us, uh, let's hear from some of the drivers that did participate in this past weekend's uh, Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio. Uh, I think the PSU bag number nine had good pace. Um, it was just a frustrating day. You know, the race control kind of yellow happens, but now they're waiting. Like, that's something new, you know, which uh, for us put us in a tricky situation. You know, had the caution gone when it should have, you know, I think we would have come out uh, in the front because we put it at the perfect time. And then we were just paired at the wrong place, you know, after that caution, we were on blacks. Everybody around us was on reds, um, and then, you know, uh, I think the PNC bag number nine had good pace. Uh. All right, so race here in mid-Ohio, uh, the ridge line, Lubricant's Honda was, was good out there. You know, we were a bit disappointed with yesterday's qualifying, so had a bit of work to do today. But we went into the race with a mindset of trying to finish between P5 and P8. It would have been a good day for the championship, and that's exactly what we did with the P6 finish. So. Great job by the whole team, by the whole crew. Uh, good pit stop strategy, so happy with that. Uh, obviously, we want to win, but uh, today was one of those days that's important for the championship. So try again in a couple of weeks in Toronto. All right. All right, we just finished the race there, and it is our first top 10 finish. Uh, I mean, I'm really happy with the P9 there. We started P8, and I mean, all the yellow flags were like the worst thing that could have happened to us, and we still managed to get a P9 out of that. We had really good racing with veterans. Uh, you know, I went inside and outside of Pagano and Harvey, and then it was behind Castro Neves. It was really cool to see the things that he was doing. You know, like some drivers, they would hit a bit of dust on the next corner, and you would just see Castro Neves immediately just take a different line to not hit the dust. So it was just, like, really cool to see those reactions from a veteran. But overall, I'm really happy with that race. So I'll see you guys at the streets of Toronto. Yeah, solid day for us. Um, best road course finish, uh, most competitive race that I've had. So I feel like our approach this morning to warm up and to give me uh, a balance that I was looking for, maybe not so concerned about what my teammates were running, really served me well. Uh, most competitive I've been and certainly look forward to building on that. So, yes, that uh, that is the take from some of the drivers uh, that uh, took part in this past weekend there at uh, at Mid Ohio. And like I said, I do see that our first guest of the evening is here with us. Um, you have no idea how uh, extremely honored uh, I am to have the one, the only Justin Cox uh, joining us. He is a man of many hats. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, not only is he the co-host of Indie Boys podcast, uh, but he is also uh, a part of Burnout Sports as well, which is a new uh, network, new uh, uh, idea, concept starting up. Definitely check that out. But Justin, first and foremost, a uh, huge thank you for carving out some time out of your busy schedule <laughs> uh, to uh, to join us here on this Thursday. Uh, for oh, people yeah. that are unaware of who you are, what you do, it's unfortunate that they don't know. Uh, but tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself. 
Okay, so my name is Justin Cox, and as I had a great introduction, I'm a part of the Indie Boys Racing Podcast with Tristan Daniel and uh, or Tristan and Daniel, and basically, uh, I'm more of like a like graphic designer, editor type thing for our uh, whole broadcast and all that stuff, and um, taking pictures and etc. When we're at tracks, and uh, I have a lot of fun with it, and yeah, I'm 22. I come from Anderson, Indiana. And hence the name Indie Boys. We're all from Indiana. But um, yeah, so that's pretty much all there is to say about me. So you you are you are absolutely too too modest, young man. You are absolutely <laughs> too too uh, modest. But you know, you being the the young age that you are, the the whippersnapper, I guess I should say. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. What what got you? I, I know you have a a huge racing background. Um, I think your bio on Twitter may I may have may not have used it as an intro. um it it explains it you know motorsports are my life basically uh how did you how did you get wrapped up into motorsports and then how did you put two and two together uh being a a motorsports fanatic that you are and then uh in journalism as well so really when i was younger my family was really big into nascar i originally was like a really really big nascar fan growing up um dylan hart jr and then when denny hamlin came along as you can see the denny hamlin flag right there denny hamlin became my favorite driver once um junior retired so my family really is what got me into um really what got me into racing i never really got into IndyCar until about 2018 because I don't know I just never really paid that much attention to open wheel racing I paid attention to F1 a lot when I was younger like 2012 2014 when Sebastian Vettel was on his tear and everything and uh so really but yeah like IndyCar um since that's kind of what we're going to discuss I'll talk about that um we I never really got into it until 2018 and I'm so glad I did and it's probably in my opinion, it's probably one of the best motorsports out right now with racing. It just doesn't have that mainstream love that F1 and NASCAR really do right now. So, and I wish it did. I wish it did. I love IndyCar. So, but yes. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on uh, when it comes to um, the the eyeballs. I think that the IndyCar deserves. They're not getting uh, the recognition uh, that they do. Um, I, I think this season uh, especially has been so competitive. Um, and, and I know we'll we'll talk about that here uh, right. in a moment, but we're not as different a, as you may seem. I know our <laughs> hair may be different and our age <laughs> may be different a little bit. Um, but I actually, this is only my second year uh, covering IndyCar. Oh wow! So okay. our yeah, our paths aren't as you know aren't as different as yeah. as what they may uh, they may seem. Uh, I was okay. checking out some of you and, and your crew's uh, work today, and, and I love the video uh, that you guys did. Um, you know, this past May. Uh, trying to uh, get all of these street signs, which I see that you guys oh, yeah. failed. You guys failed miserably on. Yeah, very, very, way. very bad. <laughs> very, but, very bad. But it all had to. It all had to pay off because you know who would have thought if that wasn't planned. Uh, running into one of all of your three sounds like a uh, favorite driver, and, and I'm starting to uh, very, grow very fond of him as well. Uh, David Malukas. Yeah. So that video was. The little the funnest thing I've ever done. Um, like we we set it up with David. It it was set up that we ran into him. Okay, I, I'll I'll tell you that now. I'll tell you that now. It was set up that we ran into him. Um, it was actually his idea because we were talking to him after one of the practice days, I believe, and we were back by his holler talking to him, and uh, we were telling him about the idea of going downtown and doing the street sign idea, and uh. 
he he was like he was like you know it'd be funny it'd be really funny if i was just sitting in the five guys eating a cheeseburger and all of a sudden i'm just there and we were like i mean we can get it set up we're doing it here soon and we got it set up and he came through and did it he wanted we wanted to kind of have him for the whole video and he wanted to do the whole video but i think he had a bunch of media stuff going on that day it was i think the week the monday before the 500 if i remember correctly it's been kind of it's been a little bit of time since then and a lot of things have happened but um <laughs> but yeah so that is probably one of the my favorite videos i've made with anybody honestly so yeah i actually was was watching that uh, that today and uh, <laughs> yeah cuz I, I was i was mildly disappointed uh, that uh, there was only what i think uh, what 11 or 12 signs that were taken in that in that time period yeah. But, uh, yeah. but you know, how, you know who, who can say though they walked around Indianapolis with a uh, Indy car driver? I mean, that's you know that that's nobody true. else can say that. Only uh, Indy boys can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, let's get into the the season so far. Uh, I know we're in the second half uh, of the year uh, this past mm -hmm. weekend at uh, at Mid Ohio, but taking a look at, at the first half, I think it's been one hell of a roller coaster, and, oh, and I think we yes. still got a lot more chapters of this story uh, to uh, to be written yet. But uh, I, I want to hear your, your thoughts and opinions uh, about what you've seen and what you've witnessed here the, the first half of this exciting uh, 2022 season. Well, comparing IndyCar to some of the other motorsport series right now, I believe IndyCar has not had a bad race yet. That's we, me and Tristan and Daniel, we all say that all the time. We, we don't think IndyCar has had a bad race yet. And I hope I don't jinx it. Knock on wood. But I hope I don't jinx it. But I, I sincerely don't think any cars had a bad race yet. Um, Texas, um, Road America is one of my favorite races of the season so far. Um, IMS Road Course, because that was <laughs> that, that you didn't know what was going to happen next at the IMS Road Course. There was just so much happening there because it was raining on one end of the track and then it wasn't raining on the other end of the track. And it's just crazy. And any car has had the best season in a long time in my it's it's been the best season for indycar in a long time in my opinion you know like i like i mentioned to open it up it has been uh one of the more competitive seasons oh, uh, yeah. i believe in in some time and and i think you know a storyline coming into this uh would be um you know could pinsky uh resurrect the miserable uh 2021 that they had uh, with only getting three wins, well, um, doubling that and getting six, <laughs> uh, I think uh, yeah, already. already. Yeah. And uh, you know, the second half of the year, a lot of people talk about it sets up for uh, for Joseph Newgarden, and I think they're absolutely right. But uh, another storyline uh, coming in was the uh, impressive rookie class. We weren't sure what we were going to get, but but so far, I don't think it's disappointed. Oh, not at all, not at all. I Christian Lundgaard has. I don't I don't know what's going on with Ray Hall Letterman Lane again. They they've kind of fallen off. It might have been in falling off a little bit since the 500. Like they haven't been really the same that, that they were before the 500. And the 500 was kind of their demise, in my opinion. Um, but like HMD and uh uh Dale Coin, they're insane right now because David just got a P9, I believe, top 10 at mid-Ohio, and he's he might take home. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like this whole rookie class this year is insane with, uh, Callum Malott, Christian Lundgaard, Kyle Kirkwood, David, all of them are like top tier drivers. And I believe that they're all going to be stars. If 
at least Callum may not if he goes back to F1 or something. But uh, I believe all of them are going to be stars in IndyCar one day, in my opinion. Yeah, they're definitely on their way. So you are you're uh, you're right on uh, you're spot on with that. And one thing I want to mention about about Callum Eilat and um, I was able to interview him for a few minutes uh, in the garage and I had to compliment him because think about it. He is he and, and June Coast Racing is a one car team and the success that he is having with just one car and the only data uh, the only feel for the car he has and his engineers have is what he relays to them. That's got to yeah. be impressive doing oh. what he's doing, being competitive uh, week in and week out with just one car. Oh yeah, it's definitely. Like that's just, that just shows you how talented Callum is like and how adaptable he is as well. Cause that's the main thing as a racing driver, you need to be adaptable. If you can't be adaptable, you're probably not going to make it as a racing driver. Cause if you can't make a tight car go fast, you're not going to be fast. If you can't make a loose car go fast, you can't be fast. Like It's just how it is as a racing driver. And Callum is the perfect example for that, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And it would be interesting to see if he is able uh, with uh, with June Coast Racing, June Coast Hollander Racing uh, next year, if, if one – uh, he is able to stay in any car. And I know there's been chatter about adding a, a second car. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be interesting as mm -hmm. well. Uh, speaking of adding a extra car, uh, the talk around uh, Arrow McLaren SP and what Ooh. they're doing in 2023 um, is, is just, uh, it, it's mind blowing. The names that we're hearing uh, for that, for that third car, you know, we don't know. Uh, well, all we do know rather is that uh, Felix Rosenquist is going to be in the Arrow McLaren camp. Now, where he ends up, I, I don't even think he knows at this point. <laughs> uh, he, Like I said, the only thing that's in, in concrete is that he is going to be with Arrow McLaren in 2023 and beyond. Yeah, I, I personally, I hope Felix is back in IndyCar, but in my opinion, I think it's just going to depend on his actual finishes throughout the rest of the season. And Arrow kind of let him down at mid Ohio with the mechanical failure. I can't really blame. It just was a mechanical failure. You can't really blame anybody, but like, it's just going to depend on his finishes for the rest of the season. And if he ends up in formula E, I hope maybe at some point, if he's finishing good over there, maybe they bring him back. Cause personally, I kind of like Felix Rosenquist. He's a very good driver, very talented driver. Um, he's phenomenal qualifier. If I must say that, um, but I don't know. I just, and I just don't think he's ever necessarily had the right people around him since he's been in IndyCar. Um, and that's weird to say. I just I just don't think he's ever had the correct camp because having the right people around you can make you a better driver. And I don't know if he's necessarily had that because you see what um, when he was in the 10, he only got one win at Road America, I believe. His only win so far, correct, I'm, if I'm correct. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that – he just never really had the people around him to make him great, in my opinion. So, yeah. Yeah, we're in the same boat. Um, I would love to see Felix back in the, uh, you know, under or, uh, you know, behind the wheel of that number seven, uh, Arrow McLaren next year. I think he's done everything uh, being, you know, that he can control. Uh, yeah. to uh, to warrant uh, a ride for next year 
And, and I definitely hope that, uh, you know, that it's behind that number seven, uh, Errol McLaren. If it's not, um, then, uh, you know, Zach Brown and company uh, is going to have uh, some uh, some decisions to make uh, for that car next year. You know, we already know that uh, Pato Award is in the fold. Uh, we'll talk about him and his week because I think it's a great <laughs> transition uh, to mid-Ohio. Actually, you brought this up, so uh, kudos <laughs> to you. And, uh, you know, Pato Award is in under contract next year as well. And then uh, Alexander Rossi, uh, what a uh, weekend. I think he and the uh, Andretti Autosports boys uh, had over there. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll bring that up here too. Uh, but moving on, you know, transitioning to mid-Ohio, uh, interesting race. Uh, every, I think everybody thought after qualifying that uh, uh, Pato was going to be uh, uh, one tough SOB to beat. Uh, but as you said, unfortunately, uh, you know, Errol McLaren had a a shitty, to say the least, yeah. <laughs> a weekend with, with with Felix, you know, uh, uh, blowing up in smoke early in the race, and and then Pato Award gradually over time had the best car by far. I think that's that's unarguable. Uh, but uh, over time, overlaps uh, lost power, and, and we were listening to him on the radio today with the uh, IndyCar highlights, and mm. uh, he was pretty animated. Uh, on the uh, on the radio there uh, talking about uh, losing power. But uh, uh, Mid-Ohio as, as a whole, uh, you know, I want to get your thoughts, your insight on that. And then uh, the two storylines coming from that, uh, the problems at uh, Errol McLaren uh, with with both their cars and then the fallout uh, from uh, the Andretti Autosport boys. Oh, my goodness. OK, so. We were actually listening to Pato Scanner live when at the track um, and I. Tristan died laughing when he heard how like, I mean, not in a bad way. He, was on, he wasn't trying to be like ma- like mean about it or nothing, but like he just died laughing about how he re- like uh, Pato was reacting to the car giving up basically. But I do think Pato easily could have had that one, that race won. He was my pick actually to win the race. But um, yeah, <laughs> I feel sorry for Aaron McLaren. So hopefully they can bounce back at uh, Toronto in is it next week? Next weekend? Yeah, next weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, next weekend at Toronto. So I, I would love to see Pato back up on top and um, Pato or even Felix. So, but Andretti, the Andretti fallout, the Andretti fallout boycast. Um, that was insane. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Um, so I believe that Grosjean. What? It's it wasn't really. It was it was Rossi that kind of initiated everything a little bit because Rossi I, just ran them wide, just ran them wide. They collected each other and went off into the grass, and then Grosjean uh, contacted the wall just a slight bit. And um, I I hate it for Grosjean because Grosjean's mindset is an F one mindset still, in my opinion, because he's he's a very aggressive driver around his teammates, and he doesn't take he doesn't take any he doesn't take any prisoners basically, and he. He's, he's just got an F1 mindset. And when it comes to racing anybody, he's going to race them hard. And um, that's what sucks because at the end there, when he was coming back and turned, I believe, Herta, he turned Herta. Um, he, <laughs> that's where you could definitely see that he was thinking that way. And Herta was very animated as well, too. And let's just, let's just say that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen from a team since I've been watching racing in general. So that's, that's my take on it. And then I'm pretty sure the only person that really didn't have beef with anybody was Devlin, but I think even Devlin was kind of upset with someone. 
So I can't remember exactly who it might have been Grosjean. I don't know, but yeah. Well, if you get the opportunity and you go to the the IndyCar YouTube, uh, they have Grosjean's radio on there. So if oh, you've wow. not heard that yet, yeah, go uh, go and listen to that. Um, and I think you're absolutely right there towards the end with with Devlin uh, because uh, Grosjean was down a lap, if, if memory serves me correctly. And he his whole ma- his job at that point in time uh, was to protect his teammate, which was in front of him, which I believe yeah. was uh, Devlin. So, yeah, go back and listen to uh, Grosjean's radio when when Rossi hits him. Yeah, he's not a uh, he's not a happy camper, <laughs> not a happy day, camper, to, uh, to say the least. Yeah, <laughs> if, if you if you and your boys thought that Pato was animated on the radio. Oh, just wait till you listen to Grosjean. It's not even in comparison. Uh, But I thought someone else, I thought that had a a great day at, at mid Ohio uh, willpower. He gets a unfortunate, uh, you know, penalty during qualifying uh, has to start at the back of the pack and just slowly, but surely works his way up there to a, uh, to a top 10 finish. Well, let's not forget, he also did spin at the beginning of the race. He did spin at the beginning of the race. And he still came back and finished uh, podium, I believe, didn't he? Wasn't that podium? Uh, let me go back here real quick. Uh, I want to say, he was, was he was he third? Did he end up yeah. third? Was it McLaughlin, sure. McLaughlin, Pillow, uh, Power, I believe, yeah. if memory yeah, serves so, me correctly. Yeah he, yeah, he was podium. That's right. So, I... So Luke Edwards, he's on the IndyCar show on Burnout Sports. Um, so he he literally predicted this whole weekend perfectly. He predicted that McLaughlin's going to hold on the win. Willpower is going to have a great day. And then I believe he also said that David was going to be the highest finishing rookie, which, yeah, he literally hit everything on the nose in their episode of the IndyCar show. And I, like, when we when we realized what was happening, like we were making fun of Tony because Tony's picks were like all over the place compared to what uh, <laughs> compared to what Luke had said. So that was pretty funny. But um, yeah, I actually first started uh, the weekend putting money on, on willpower, and then <laughs> uh, the the penalty. I was like, you know what? Yeah, there's no way at this track. There, that's too many passes. There's absolutely mm. no way he's gonna win that. So I I, I cashed <laughs> that out. And 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 just put it on uh, you know, Pato after watching when he did on Saturday. I felt great going into Sunday up until I heard on the radio when he's screaming, "I have no power!" I'm like, oh, "You got kidding me!" You're like, "Of course, the weekend I put my money on Pato of all weekends of all weekends. That's when it happens." Like, yeah, a- a- it's just absolutely. unfortunate. <laughs> uh, the last the last few minutes uh, that we have, uh, Justin, uh, mm-hmm. I want you to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, podcast that you uh, you and your crew do. Uh, where can where can people find it? Uh, what the content's about, and uh, you know what days you guys do it on, and, and things of that nature. Okay, so um, the Any Boys Racing podcast you can find it on YouTube, Apple Music, or Apple Music, or Apple Podcast, not music, um, Spotify, uh, Amazon Podcast, or Google Podcast. Anywhere that you can find a podcast, it's on there. So um, we record on Mondays, but they go up on Thursdays at 7 p.m., which actually we just released the episode for episode 26 tonight um, as we're recording this right now. Um, but the podcast, we started off with um, Tristan. It was more of a project for Tristan's, uh, one of his classes. And then Tristan um, was like, maybe we should just try to get a driver on the show. And Daniel actually had talked to David a lot before because uh, Daniel has always like kind of watched IndyCar. And he uh, 
he had contacted with da uh, David Malukas a lot before. So he had asked David Malukas way in the past if they ever started a podcast, if he'd ever come on. And he followed through with this promise. So that was pretty cool. But um, but after then, we kind of realized, like, hey, this could be a thing. Like, we could do this, and this could be pretty fun. But, um, yeah, like, it's it's been great. Um, this is really kind of what's been helping me get into covering racing and stuff like that. Me, Daniel, and Tristan, all three of us covering racing. And it's been a great time. And I have to shout out Burnout Sports because after, I think, five or six episodes, they, they actually are the reason we kind of – are getting to where we are now and doing all the stuff we can. So I really have to shout them out and praise for them. So I really appreciate them, but yeah, that's pretty much all of us. Um, we talk about F1, NASCAR, IndyCar. Mainly we talk about like IMSA stuff and like World of Outlaws and uh, I guess like F2 and other stuff, ARCA series, NASCAR, like related lower series, basically after that, um, just, kind of on and off but we mainly focus on nascar f1 and indycar so um that's the indie boys racing podcast i have to believe though so yeah so was this your first year covering the month of may and the reason why i asked that is <laughs> i i can now remember passing you in the halls a few times because you had you had you had a nice collared uh, blue shirt on it you know, <laughs> may have been your church clothes but i do <laughs> remember uh passing you a few times and was like man if i was young and I could have hair like that, the possibilities would be endless. But uh, was this your was, was this your first uh, year being able to cover uh, the month of May out at the uh, Speedway? And then I know we have an event coming up at the end of the month that I would imagine you guys will be at. And then are you guys going to make the uh, short trip down to uh, Nashville in August? We may go to uh, Nashville. We're not sure yet. We're, we're getting everything worked out. We may be at Nashville. Um, I may be at Iowa as well. I don't know about – I think – Tristan's going to be in uh, Las Vegas that weekend. So I may just be in um, Iowa, but that was actually our first ever credential event. So that's what was crazy. We didn't actually expect for it to happen because, you know, we're so new and like, we know Tony was going to get it because Tony's Tony. And, uh, but we really didn't expect to get the credential that we did and we did. And it's kind of been going on after that. And it was actually such a eye-opening experience because I've learned so much, especially from Tony, um, just kind of seeing how he gets around the paddock and talks to people and stuff like that. And then like, just kind of learning on my own, like with like pictures and stuff like that. Um, but like, yeah, like it, that was <laughs> insane. I did not think we were going to be able to cover the Indy 500 or in the Indy GP as our first ever event, but it was. So, yeah, but we will be at the Brickyard as well and at the end of August or July, my fault, at the end of July. So, yeah. See, uh, another thing that we have uh, in, in common, I have been able to be credentialed for two events uh, last year in Nashville and, and the month of May. And, and funny mm -hmm. how uh, Erickson wins both of them. Hey, 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 you might be Erickson's good luck charm. You need to talk to him about that. Yeah. Uh, and if you decide if you, you know, if you decide you just want to go down to Nashville by yourself, um, I am going down Thursday night. So you're more than welcome. If you need a ride, you're more than welcome to if, you, if that's something you choose to do. Okay. Um, anything else that you want to tell tell the listeners that where they can find you at on on social media? Um, you can find me on Instagram at confirmed underscore J the flip of my Twitter. Um, 
and then Twitter's on the screen right now. Uh, our YouTube at Indie Boys Racing Podcast. Uh, everything else is Indie Boys Podcast on social media, um, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty much all I really have to say, honestly. Like, I, I guess I, I'm still new to this, so I, I, I'm still getting used to it. So, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. You, you'll find your footing. Uh, yeah. Should people expect uh, more videos up on up on YouTube coming up? Oh, yes. Actually, um, tomorrow at 7, as we're recording this, uh, Friday tomorrow, um, I actually have a F122 My Team coming out. We're starting to kind of branch out, not just the podcast on our YouTube channel. We're starting to do our own little mini series on our YouTube, kind of get some outside footage and outside content coming in. And uh, Tristan, I believe, is going to be starting doing something on Monday. It's called Mondays with Tristan. He's going to be talking like stories um playing old like racing games such like that um so yeah i mean we're trying to we're trying to expand that's all we're trying to do we're trying to expand find our horizons see where we fit in at basically and yeah that's all i gotta say hey, hey, that's <laughs> all you can do and, and let me tell you uh looking at uh, your content that you and, and the other two have put out uh, mm. kudos to, to all of you uh, for just, you know, just dipping your toe into this as I am as well. Um, the stuff that you guys have done, the coverage you have given, uh, IndyCar is, uh, is out of this world. So commend yeah. you all three of you, uh, definitely look forward to uh, meeting up, uh, at, uh, at IMS at the end of the month. And yeah. then hopefully we'll, uh, we'll run into each other, something down in, uh, down in Nashville. So, uh, Justin, again, huge thank you for, uh, for joining us. Uh, and Not again, people that want to follow you, uh, your your crew on the podcast, uh, social media, where can they find you? All right. They're both right here on the screen, as you can see. J underscore confirmed at Indie Boys Podcast. Um, Indie Boys Podcast on everything. J underscore confirmed Twitter. Confirmed underscore J on Instagram. I'm sure if you type it in the same way, it should pop up either way. But, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Um, I appreciate you for having me on. Uh, this has been pretty fun. I like getting to talk about racing a lot. Um, I like kind of guest starring on shows. So this is kind of fun. Have me on anytime. I'm I'm down. So it, it doesn't bother me. But um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll see what uh, what we can do here coming up. I know we got uh, a busy uh, couple weeks. Uh, Toronto uh, double at uh, Iowa, and then uh, off to Indy. So definitely uh, uh, busy times for sure. But uh, Justin, again, a uh, huge thank you for uh, for joining us. Uh, mm -hmm. Look forward to seeing what you and your uh, crew have in store uh, for the rest of the year, and uh, we'll talk down the road. All right, appreciate you. Make sure um, you hit us up or talk to one of us when we get to IMS in, at the end of July. So, and we can meet up, do something maybe. So, yeah, I'm down. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh yeah. All right, sounds good. Yep. Out. Everybody, go follow Justin there on uh, on social media. Go follow his him and uh, his crew <laughs> and the podcast that they yeah. have uh, going on uh, because it's uh, it's definitely a, uh, a something to follow. And uh, keep your uh, eye on there for sure. So I do see that uh, our next guest, as we jump from one to the other, I'm sure uh, this uh, next guy, very uh, familiar with the show, uh, probably familiar with the podcast that we were just uh, uh, talking about uh, as well. As you see, uh, Mike from Bet IndyCar is uh, back with us, uh, back from vacation, relaxed and ready to go because we got a huge stretch of IndyCar uh, coming up after uh, this weekend. Uh, but uh, but Mike, first and foremost, as always, a huge thanks 
thank you for taking time out of your busy day. I know you're back at the uh, home studio there to uh, to join us. Um, but what a wild race, I think, to uh, to say the least, at uh, at Mid Ohio this weekend. Um, going into it on Sunday, especially, uh, we thought uh, Pato Award was going to be the car to uh, to beat, uh, but unfortunately, uh, due to mechanical failure, it just uh, wasn't uh, wasn't his day. Uh, Scott McLaughlin again uh, comes up with race win uh, number two. So uh, tell us a little bit about how your race weekend went and uh, things like that. Yeah, man. How's it going? Good to be back. Uh, man, those that, I, those indie boys, uh, I like what those guys do. They make me feel old, though, for sure, man. But uh, uh, those are those are some fun guys. They got a lot of good content. So, uh, yeah, man, crazy week. Wild race uh, did not handicap that. Uh, that was not what we expected. So uh, when things don't go the way I handicap them and uh, and the, the way the stats and the information and what uh, and frankly, what all the drivers were saying beforehand. Oh, yeah, we don't expect any cautions straightforward two-stop race uh and then uh god lap one willpower spins and then and then all hell breaks loose so uh from a betting perspective uh for me uh and for what i put out there on the betting card it, it was it was okay it was a, a slight loss uh for me um i missed obviously on the qualifying bets the pre the pre-qualifying bets those bets i uh, had uh power new gardener uh obviously power who we know is super fast. Probably if he would have been on the pole, um, he probably would have ran away with the thing. Um, but uh, he screwed up in qualifying, uh, didn't qualify well. Um, so didn't have any good numbers heading into uh, the race. Uh, and then I was heavily invested in Mr. Rosenquist. Uh, so Felix Rosenquist was somebody I had top three, top five. I had him in a matchup uh, against New Gardner due to track position. Um, and, uh, obviously his engine blew up and, and as did those bets catch on fire and blow up in my face, but, uh, it wasn't terrible. Uh, I had a nice bet on top three on Palo. Uh, Palo's my new Dixon. Uh, I'm, I, I've kind of tried to, I was a little late, uh, getting off of Dixon and onto Palo last year. I, uh, that was kind of one of my things that wasn't going to screw up this year. Uh, Palo top three, uh, top five bets have been, um, profitable for the year. So had Palo top three. Uh, I always say split your bet uh, when you pick a winner. So I had power as well, top three. So I had a portion of my power bet top three. So that saved me a little bit. Didn't have any Scotty Mack. Um, didn't have any Pato uh, before the race. So um, and the other big bet I had, which is this is why betting in IndyCar is great. Uh, I had a big bet on um, Simona Di Silvestra versus Tatiana Calderon. So uh, I don't think I saw either of them on my TV broadcast while watching the race. Uh, so I stared at uh, the app and stared at the side of the TV, trying to figure out what the hell those two girls were doing. Uh, and at times they were flip-flopping on, on pit sequences and stuff. Uh, so it was nice to see uh, Simona pull that out. Uh, I was on the losing end of a Kellett uh, over Jimmy Johnson bet. Of course, Jimmy Johnson decides to have his best road course, street course finish of the year just by kind of chilling in the back uh, is kind of what I saw. So, uh, so yeah, from a, from a gambling standpoint, I mean, it was fun. Uh, I had that power bet. I thought that bet, uh, if you heard me talk on, uh, we had a Twitter spaces, we're going to start doing some Twitter spaces before the race on Sunday. I pretty much told Tony that, that, that I, I was ready to throw my power bet in the trash and it was exciting to watch power. And then when he spun, I, you know, gosh, I'm glad it was digital and not an actual ticket. Cause I would have chucked that bad boy into the trash. Um, but power just mows his way through the field and, you know, with 15 laps left, I'm sitting there watching the race thinking, oh, my God, I got a 14 to 1 big power ticket here. 
there's a chance I cash this thing. And then, you know, he kind of fizzled there at the end, ran out of push to pass. And just, I think he was happy to take his, uh, his podium finish and his points. So, uh, so a small loss, but you know, a ton of fun. And that's what it's all about for me. This is for fun. It adds, adds a little spice to the race. And, uh, you know, I like looking at the information, but yeah, not what we expected. It wasn't the, uh, no caution race that we thought uh, the Andretti boys took care of all that. Yeah. And I want to get your thoughts on that here in a moment too. Curious to hear uh, what you, uh, what you think about uh, what's going on over Andretti Autosport. you know, to be a fly on the wall Sunday in that, in that hauler uh, after the race. But uh, yeah, Saturday, I, I put a bet on, on power and then, uh, well, Friday, excuse me. I put a bet on power. I told you about that. And then Saturday, as soon as I seen what took place, the uh, the mishap uh, that he had there, I was like, there's no way. He's going to be at the back. There's absolutely no way. That's too many passes. So I ended up pulling that, uh, put it on Pato. I felt great uh, until I heard about lap 30 when I heard him scream on the radio, he's losing power. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You got to be absolutely kidding me. He had the dominant car uh, throughout the, the first sec- sections uh, of that race uh, for sure. And then, uh, you know, everybody's heart had to sink that put money on, on Pato uh, when he come across the radio and said he was uh, uh, losing power. But I can't imagine the, the thoughts and the, the feelings you were having, as you said, uh, watching power just, you know, zigzag his way uh, through the field, uh, getting up to the top 10, uh, top five. I, I can't imagine how, how crazy you were probably going. Yeah, it makes it more interesting. That's the that's why I keep you know telling people that ask me about betting on IndyCar. Uh, it makes it more interesting. I think it does for all sports. You get a little more skin in the game. Um, and then look, you get you can also like you know I enjoy doing the research. I enjoy looking for good numbers, and and uh, I learned that I enjoyed that side of the gambling part of it as well. Uh, and hopefully, I can teach some people about that. But you know, just if you know nothing about it, and you pull people out of a hat, and you have a driver to root for with a, with ten bucks in in a blind pool, like. You know, that's that also, you know, I think that adds an extra element. Uh, and it's what I think IndyCar needs to promote more to grow the sport, uh, just like they're doing uh, with football, with golf, with, you know, pretty much every major sport out there uh, is a big proponent of, of uh, sports wagering. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And we've talked about this on, on numerous occasions. Uh, you know, we, we talk about uh, the the partnership right before the 500 uh, with uh, Caesars and, uh, and, and IMS. So, yeah, definitely need to get more eyes on it. And hopefully being able to bet a little more uh, absolutely does that. But uh, aside from that, I think one of the, the big storylines uh, coming out of, of Mid-Ohio, uh, not only was it the the troubles that uh, Arrow McLaren had, I think that's just a hiccup. Um, I, I think they'll, they'll figure those out. But uh, Andretti Autosports. Uh, um, wow, what a uh, what a storyline uh, that was. You have uh, you know outgoing uh, Alexander Rossi, uh, uh, seemingly uh, taking out uh, Roman Grosjean. Uh, Grosjean was quite animated uh, on the uh, radio. If you haven't caught that yet, and then a couple more skirmishes uh, that they had uh, throughout the race as well. Uh, curious to get your thoughts on that uh, long term. Yeah, look, for me, like I'm the IndyCar betting guy, right? So I, what I'm looking at it from is the gambling angle. Like, how can I make money off of this? Uh, so, you know, if I'm a sports book and I'm paying attention to IndyCar, like you better believe like I'm putting out the, a, uh, a matchup bet, uh, Grosjean versus uh, um, Rossi there, you know, and create some interest like that. Um, but, you know, I'm going to watch and listen and see from the gambling side of things. Like, you know, I, I wonder if, you know, Rossi's on his way out. You know, maybe there's an opportunity to fade him. He might. Uh, beyond Andretti's crap list there. 
um, you know, and, and, uh, and just see, you know, see and listen to what the drivers say uh, and maybe see if it's going to affect some of their performance or, or, or maybe there's going to be some team rules set in place. The you know, car is not one for the F1, uh, you know, team, team orders deal. Um, but that's something I know guys in F1 make money on when they know guys have team orders to stand down. Uh, you can, you can find some gambling angles to bet matchup bets or, or, uh, stuff like that. Um, that's, that's offered for, for betting purposes and you can make some money off of that. So that's what I'll be looking for. I don't care that, you know, they, they can, it's, I think it's great for the series. Have a little, have a little rivalry, get a little attention. Uh, Rossi on his way out, you know, Grosjean, I think sticks his, sticks his elbows out a little too much on the track in IndyCar. And, uh, I, I, from a gambling perspective, I made some money on that betting against him, uh, after he, uh, you know, took himself out of a couple races. So, um, you know, that's my angle. That's what I care about is how can I, uh, how can I pad the bankroll a little bit by making some money off of their terminal. So I'll watch and listen to you know, what guys like you guys and, and some of the other news media uh, people have to say about it and see if it affects any of their performance or anything else comes out of it. We can find an angle to, to bet on it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right when you say it's going to be worth you know watching go, going forward, especially uh, the the betting aspect because you know that they're going to have uh, matchups like you said with with Rossi and with uh, Grosjean and, and things of that nature. So I think it's definitely going to be worth uh, worth watching. Uh, moving on from Mid Ohio, I know we're still a week out uh, from uh, from Toronto. Uh, first question I have, I know the lines probably won't come out till probably a, a week from today or so. Is Toronto going to be a hard race to cap just for the simple fact that uh, it's been, I think, what, three years or so uh, since IndyCar has been there last? So how tough is that going to make uh, capping this race next weekend? Uh, a lot tougher, um, especially, you know, we, we've had it, it wouldn't be if we haven't had car changes. Um, so obviously DW12 is gone. They got the aero screen on there. Like they, the packages, the aero packages are different. So you really can't go back and look at. Uh, some past Toronto results, maybe a little bit, uh, but honestly, the cars are different. They're set up differently. You got different aero packages. So, so no, this is going to make it really difficult. And for me, that's going to more than likely shy me away from, you know, a lot of, if any pre-qualifying bets, um, you know, you can draw on some of the other street courses that are similar. Uh, it's kind of like uh, in golf, they use similar courses. You know, there's courses that are set up similarly at similar yardages, same kind of deal. Uh, St. Pete might be one um, that you eyeball for to match up with Toronto. Um, I'm not. I'm not even sure. I haven't even looked in if they're changing the circuit or if it's just the same old school Toronto uh, circuit. So that's something. So look, it's all about you know uh, watching, paying attention, listening, listening to what the drivers have to say. The drivers will give you hints like, hey, this is just like Street Course X, and then maybe I can look to some history in there uh, and see if we can get a good number. But you know, we know the guys are going to be fast. It's all about be. You know, if they drop another power, you know, double digit pre-qualifying number, I'll bite on that because, you know, power is, is the greatest qualifier in any history or right up, you know, top top three. Um, so uh, or active driver. So, you know, uh, it'll be about what the numbers are, what the what the books put out there. The books, sports books aren't going to have any history either. So you're playing on a, a, a kind of the same playing field as they are. Um, so maybe just paying attention and listening to the drivers and what they have to say on their pre-track walks and, and maybe after practice one, uh, you know, so I might wait to see some practice times and see what the books post after practice times. Usually the lines don't move too much after practice times, unless somebody out of the blue, um, you know, comes out of nowhere and posts the P1, P2 time. So uh, yeah, so that's basically how I'm looking at that. There are, there may be some angles we'll have to see 
you know, what the sports books put out there uh, pre-qualifying. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to see what, uh, what those uh, lines are. Um, one last question that I have, you know, lack of data, as you said, you know, not being at this course for three years, um, car being different, uh, different drivers, et cetera. Are you looking at maybe some of the past winners um, as to, you know, bets for next week and when you do your research or is that kind of uh, out the window, as you said, with everything else? Uh, I will glance at that on normal circumstances. Um, but honestly, no, I'm looking more uh, at times, um, at qualifying, at race, whatever happened during the race. Um, you know, like maybe for next year, you know, I've had a little note about awards time, um, you know, I'm in Ohio and, uh, and the fact that his car blew up on him and, you know, or I had a computer issue, same thing for Rosenquist. Like those are guys that I'll probably be back on next year. Uh, if a big number gets dropped on them pre-qualifying just based on what happened. Uh, Cause I know that it really had nothing to do with, you know, they had speed on that track on mid Ohio. Uh, they had, uh, they know that track well, it just, they had a, you know, a freak issue happen with the, you don't see that happen too often. So you could take advantage of little things like that. So I don't really look back to past winners too much. Uh, I, I probably will. I'll, I'll glance at it for Toronto just for some background information, but uh, no, I'll take more stock in, in the practice times and what I hear the drivers themselves saying uh, about the track or about any changes made or any of that stuff uh, before I'm laying any money down. Mike, can't wait to uh, hear uh, what you have to say uh, next week going into uh, Toronto. Uh, I know uh, you'll be doing your due diligence and research uh, this week, and then I know you'll have the lines, well, normally, uh, by uh, by this time when we uh, go live on Thursday. So can't wait to hear uh, what you have to say about going up to uh, Toronto uh, this weekend, or next weekend, excuse me. Uh, Mike, uh, for people that don't follow you on social media already, you know what, two things, one, that's a shame on them because they they would they'd be able to take summer vacations and at least pay for gas if they've been listening to you. Uh, but uh, uh, you know if they want to start listening to you, following you on social media, uh, where can you be found at? Yeah, hopefully gas maybe gas needs to come down. We'll see how far they want to go. But uh, at any bet at any underscore bet uh, is where I'm at on Twitter. Everything I everything I'm betting I put up there. It's all free. You can decide what you want to do with it uh, with the information. So. Um, yeah, so that's, that's where you'll find me. That's where I'll be putting stuff out. Um, and then every now and then you can follow the at burnout bets, uh, handle as well. Um, I'll do some stuff with those guys, um, but usually both are tagged. So at any underscore bets, where to find me. Uh, good stuff. And then also too, I know you mentioned, uh, you're going to be doing some more, uh, Twitter spaces, uh, as well. Correct. Yeah, we're, we started, uh, with the burnout bets folks, we started, uh, dabbling in that, um, just so we can, uh, react a little bit quicker um, and get stuff, get information out there. The IndyCar lines, you know, they're only up for a couple days, unfortunately, uh, maybe in the future uh, when we start to get lines like NASCAR F1 do and Monday, uh, we'll have time to do, you know, uh, better shows for, for the gambling aspect of things, which I'm hoping that, you know, is in the coming years. But as for right now, uh, we're going to try, we try doing the Twitter spaces thing post qualifying uh, and then right before the race, a couple hours before the race, which is when most people are, you know, looking to make some bets on the sports books uh, before they sit down to, you know, have their beer and nachos and watch the race and put a little skin in the game. 
Good stuff. Mike, again, a huge thank you uh, for uh, for joining us. I know we are off this week, but uh, the next uh, the next few uh, race weekends, we're definitely going to uh, uh, to hit it hard for sure. Can't wait to hear what you got for us uh, next week at uh, at Toronto. Uh, so we'll talk again in about uh, a week or so. Uh, I will. Uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Have a good night. Thank you. That was Mike of Bet IndyCar. Go check him out, as you see on Twitter, at Indy underscore Bet. Uh, if you do want to win some money, like he said, uh, go uh, go check that out uh, for sure. Uh, before we wrap up uh, tonight's uh, episode, let's take a look at the points championship uh, as they sit right now. Again, like I said, uh, this weekend uh, they are uh, IndyCar is off, uh, but uh, next weekend at Toronto, uh, the following weekend a double header weekend uh, at Iowa, back at Iowa rather, and then uh, finishing the month here in Indianapolis at the Indianapolis Road course uh marcus erickson er, marcus erickson uh sits as your points leader at this time with 321 points second will power 301 points uh third joseph newgarden 287 points in fourth place uh reigning champion alex polo with 286 points next pato award with 256 points uh, in sixth place, Chip Canassi, driver Scott Dixon, uh, 254 points. Uh, seventh place, Scott McLaughlin, last weekend's winner at Mid-Ohio with 252 points. Um, Alex Ro- Alexander Rossi, rather, uh, 229 points. Ninth place, currently, Simon Pagano, 217 points. And then rounding out the top 10, uh, Colton Herta with 212 points. Uh, just outside the top 10 at number 11, uh, Felix Rosenquist, 208 points. Uh, Renus VK, 193 points. Uh, 13th, Connor Daly with 188 points. Next, Roman Grosjean with 183 points. Graham Rahal in 15th place with 177 points. Uh, Elio Castroneves in 16th position with 160 points. Christian Lungarden in 17th position with 159 points. Takuma Sato, 149 points. In 19th, David Malukas, who we talked about earlier, with 145 points. And then rounding out the top 20, Jack Harvey, 115 points. Uh, next, Jimmy Johnson with 99 points. Delvin DeFrancesca with 99 points. Kyle Kirkwood with 98 points. Callum Eilat with 97 points, and that, well, here, sorry, uh, Tony Kanan with 78 points, uh, Santino Ferrucci, 71 points, Dalton Kellett with 70 points, Tatina Calderon with 58 points, J.R. Hildebrand with 53 points, Ed Carpenter with 49 points, Juan Pablo Montoya with 44 points, Simone Di Salvestro with 21 points, Marcus or Marco Andretti with 17 points, Sage Karam with 14 points, and rounding out the point standings, Stefan Wilson with 10 points. So that does it for this week this week's episode of the Push to Pass podcast. I want to thank uh, Justin Cox of Indie Car Boys podcast for uh, stopping by today. Also want to thank Mike of Bet Indie Car. Go check uh, not only Mike but uh, Justin out on social media and give them a follow as well. Also huge thank you to everyone that is watching 
or that will watch here in the coming days and weeks. Uh, without you guys, none of this would be possible. For Derek Vance of the Push to Pass podcast, uh, that is it. We will see you about one week from now previewing Toronto. Bye-bye, everyone.